This is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Albert Lalonde provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde. Hello, and welcome back to Own Your Retirement. My name is Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 586-752-7008 or visit us online at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page to check out past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, when it comes to preparing for retirement, the marketing materials we're all bombarded with on a daily basis almost always depicts a life of complete leisure and relaxation. Travel, reading a mystery novel while lying in a hammock, cannonballs into the pool with the grandkids. You know the kind of ads I'm talking about? Well, but an increasing number of the folks I work with are telling me that they're interested in slowing down their career, but not giving it up entirely. In fact, in some cases, it's because they want the income, and in other cases, it's simply because they're in good health and are worried that a full retirement may leave them bored and restless. But during today's show, we're going to highlight some of the ways you may be able to slow down a bit once you hit retirement age without completely leaving the the world of work, basically. But before we get into today's topic, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who I hope isn't planning to transition away from our show anytime soon. Hey, Tony. Oh, never. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Of course well, not. To hear. Of course not. I could never give up these great chats. And I really enjoy hearing all the tips and insights you have for <laughs> our listeners out there, Albert. And you've picked an intriguing topic today. Yes. I mean, I mean semi-retirement. I think this is a trend. I, I see more and more people doing this, working at least part-time in retirement. It's becoming increasingly common. And you know, I think health and vitality have a lot to do with it. You know, longevity. People are living longer. And yeah, I think, you know, compared to like my grandparents and great grandparents generation, it seems like a lot of today's 60 and 70 somethings uh, are heading into retirement with more energy and excitement, right? Oh, for sure. I couldn't agree with you more, Tony. Uh, in fact, in an Investopedia article, article, sorry, the rise of the semi-retired life has some really useful insight for us. Um, As the article notes, the decision to move forward uh, with a semi rather than full retirement often comes down to dollars and cents, particularly for people whose only source of reliable retirement income is Social Security. But again, it's often about more than money. In fact, the article references a Pew uh, Charitable Trust study that explains 31% of retired women and 40% of retired men said they work part-time simply because they want to. 
as life expectancies have gone up, it's nudged many people to change how they think about retirement. For some, the idea of retiring at 65 and then living another 20 or 25 years with much less to do every day is simply unappealing. Well, yeah, and and that hits home for me. I mean, I know a lot of people can't wait to retire because they're burned out at their job or they're looking for a break, but a lot of people genuinely enjoy their work and find purpose in it. And like like I always say, I'm going to do this until my voice gives out, right? As long as my voice holds up, I'll be doing this. And and I think a lot of people enjoy the social aspect of engaging with coworkers and working. So uh, once you're retired, I think you might find fewer opportunities for socialization. So uh, working in some capacity is appealing in that way. I think you nailed it. I mean, let me throw out another illuminating stat from the article. Uh, according to an older American in the workforce survey, 77% of respondents said their health was so good they didn't have any restrictions as to the kind of work they could do. I think that tells us a lot about how retirement is changing. Uh, you know, when it comes to working during a semi-retirement, moving to a part-time role is probably the easiest step. You know, have a conversation with your current employer to uh, gauge their interest in keeping you on staff at reduced hours. And if they say no, well, put your skills and experience onto the open market. Well, there, yeah, there you go. I would think that a lot of professional businesses and organizations are going to be willing to at least be flexible in an effort to keep an employee with significant skills and experience on the payroll. Oh, for sure. For sure. And another way to continue uh, using your experience is to become maybe even a consultant. Uh, many companies are constantly on the lookout for someone who can come in on a temporary or part-time basis to help on projects, you know, redesigns and more. And the best part for you is that you can set your hours and work days. Now, if you're interested in consulting work, make sure you don't have any active non-compete contracts, obviously, with your current or former employers because they can often be a barrier to working as a consultant. Ah, uh, it's and I think this is a good time to remind listeners out there, if you're nearing retirement and you're considering at all uh, continuing to work part-time or as a consultant, make sure you're working closely with a financial services professional like yourself, Albert, because Albert, I know you can help them devise a strategy that'll utilize income that they continue to make also while providing the flexibility that, hey, if they reach a point where they want to fully retire, they'll be able to do that comfortably. Oh, that's a great point, Tony. Thank you for that. Um, You know, another way to continue working a little in retirement while, you know, calling your own shots is to start a small business. Now, don't disregard the idea that you might be able to take a passion or hobby and turn it into maybe a moneymaker. You know, whether it's something like giving golf or scuba diving lessons or putting your carpentry skills to work, there are a number of options out there that could keep you engaged while also putting a few bucks into your pocket, Tony. Hey, I like the I like the sound of that. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, the goal of working part time in retirement is is more about the engagement uh, than it is the money. So, you know, utilizing a favorite hobby uh, in a part time job seems like a good solution. For sure. 
Um, but let me make one final point here, Tony. If you are pondering a semi-retirement, make sure, as you said, sit down with your financial services professional to adequately address its potential impact on your income taxes, Social Security, and health care plans. All right. Well, let's let our listeners know. Let's take a moment before we go on uh, to let them know how they can get a hold of you, Albert, and set up that. I, I know there's no charge. There's no obligation for that consultation, right, for our listeners? Oh, for sure. Right, Tony. I mean, listeners can visit my website, www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com, or call my office at 586-752-7008 and discuss how we might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns about your path to retirement. All right. Well, Albert, I think our listeners are really getting some great info and tips from you today. What do you have for us next? Well, in addition to uh, conversations with clients about semi-retirement, I've also spoken to many who take advantage of seasonal employment opportunities. You know, working seasonally allows you to make some extra money while fully controlling when, how, and where you work. Uh, in fact, the U.S. News and World Report article, Loving Seasonal Jobs for Retirees, provides a number of useful ideas for seasonal work. Its first tip is customer service jobs. You know, during the holidays, for example, many retailers need additional help, you know, manning the phones to answer customer questions and to deal with complaints. As the article notes, customer service roles are sometimes remote, which means you may not need to leave the comforts of home to do the job. Well, yeah, and working with customers over the phone, I think that can be a tough gig, Albert. But doing it from home probably makes that whole thing a lot easier, right? Yeah, I would agree. Lisa, you could might be still be in your pajamas. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of retail tailors dur during the holidays, uh, many also need temporary workers in the physical store to stock shelves, uh, work cash registers, and help customers find items. Uh, though the pace can be hectic, this kind of job would let you work for several weeks at a good hourly wage, and then once the holidays are over, you can go right back to your slower-paced retirement. You know, outside of the holidays, uh, resorts also provide ample opportunity for seasonal work. Golf courses, for example, often need extra employees in the summertime to help with That's maintenance true. tasks. You yeah. know, uh, serving food even, or, or even working in a clubhouse store. Additionally, small towns on lakes, which are very popular with tourists, often need extra staff during the summer months. Well, yeah, they do. And if you're a retiree who's embraced the RV lifestyle, hmm. here's another idea. Maybe spend your summers working in a tourist-friendly community or at a national park, somewhere like that, and then hitting the road at your own pace after Labor Day. I, I think that might be a good strategy. I know some people who actually do that. That's a great point, Tony. I mean, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, another one is package delivery. Uh, in fact, it's another increasingly popular part-time gig, whether it's, you know, delivering packages for Amazon or groceries through uh, Instacart. These jobs typically offer flexibility and decent pay while getting you up and out of the house for at least a few hours. Well, yeah, and that, that's, that's what you want. And when I think about the number of deliveries I see every day coming into <laughs> houses in my neighborhood, uh, I mean, it's really picked up. It's pretty clear that online shopping is only going to continue to be more and more popular. Yes. And the thing about those packages is they aren't going to deliver themselves. So th <laughs> they need people to do that. 
Well, you know, whether it's a pair of shoes, a bag of groceries, or Tuesday's night dinner, uh, we can get just about anything brought right to our front doors nowadays. In fact, if being outside under the warm sunshine is uh, more appealing to you, then you may also want to consider a few weeks of work maybe in an orchard. Uh, when the crop is right, orchards are generally in need of several temporary employees. And while the work can be strenuous, you'll be outside getting exercise, engaging with others. As an added bonus, you'll also get to sample maybe what you pick. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I think that's <laughs> that's always a bonus, getting to sample what you pick. I like <laughs> right. that. And, and, you know, I made that comment about the RVing lifestyle uh, aligning well with tour spots. That applies here as well because there's something appealing about driving to some of the most beautiful locations in the country and spending a few weeks picking fruit would be great. Yeah, for sure, especially uh, here in Michigan. Um, in fact, if you still love getting behind the wheel, let's say, working here and there as a driver actually may be an option for you. You can drive a limo uh, during prom or wedding seasons or during other popular events. Uh, bear in mind that some states require a chauffeur license or for higher endorsements for limo drivers. Uh, let's say driving a school bus. That could be another behind-the-wheel option. You know, Post-COVID, school districts across the country are facing significant driver shortages and are actively recruiting people. If driving a regular daily route doesn't appeal to you, well then, you may want to explore driving for special events like field trips or sporting events. Well, yeah, there you go. And that, that sounds good as well. I know in some cases, if you bring a group of kids on a field trip to a zoo or a museum, you get a ticket to go inside as well, right? <laughs> there you go. Yes, for sure. In fact, here's a potential temporary job that I think will appeal to a lot of our listeners. As you said, the national parks. Right. As you can imagine, our country's incredible national parks are extremely busy in the summertime. If you have a degree, let's say, in the sciences, you may be able to get a seasonal <clears throat> job out in the field at a park. You know, But if you don't have that kind of degree, you may be able to still find work in a park hotel, restaurant, or even in their shops. Well, yeah, and I know speaking personally, if you spend the summer working at a national park, regardless of the job, it, it's going to be a blast. I think that's a great option. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, um, and many of my older clients also love spending time out in the garden, which means working at a nursery may also be a terrific part-time job option. Obviously, many nurseries are most in need of temporary workers in the spring and summer. So if you have a green thumb and enjoy working directly with people, you should put this one on your list of possibilities. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I would I would definitely agree with that. And it seems like just about every town, even small ones, have some kind of nursery, right? Yes. And another option for green thumbs, lawn care. This one is also spring and summer heavy and will get you outside exercising and engaging with other people. Though the work can be hard, the pay is usually pretty competitive, which can certainly help your retirement budget. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can see where that would, would do that. Now, let's keep going. I mean, during the show, you've been highlighting some of the ways that we can enjoy semi-retirement instead of a full retirement. And I think uh, once people hit that age where they start thinking about retirement and they're, if they're still in good health and have plenty of energy, 
slowing down but not completely leaving the workforce is becoming hugely popular. So what do you have for us next? Well, you know, I enjoyed our chat about semi-retirement, Tony, but I want to change things up a bit now and, and focus on an issue that's a frequent concern for many of my clients, auto insurance. As my clients age and their driving habits change, they often ask me for advice on how to save money on their insurance. Well, a Kiplinger article, Nine Ways Retirees Can Whittle Down Their Car Insurance Costs, has helpful advice. The first thing older folks may want to look for is mileage-based reduction. If your workday included a long commute, chances are your odometer is turning a lot slower in retirement. Many auto insurance companies offer a discount if your yearly mileage dipped below the 7,500-mile range. As a comparison, the average American drives about 12,000 miles per year, according to the article, Tony. Yeah, or more. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. my wife and I, with our commutes, we even drive more. And as you've mentioned on previous shows, when it comes to auto insurance, don't hesitate to shop around to get that best deal possible. Of course, of course. Well, you know, the next potential money saver uh, for insurance is increasing your deductible. Mm. Though certainly not the best option for everyone, a higher deductible could keep more money in your account month to month. Now, if you raise your deductible to 500 from 200, it could slash the cost of your collision and comprehensive coverage by as much as 30%, Tony. Yikes. Wow, that's amazing. That's a good distinction. I like it. And the last thing you want is a much higher bill after a fender bender. Oh, so true. So true. And while many folks tend to be uh, underinsured, Some people are, in fact, overinsured. If you fall into the latter category, ditching unnecessary insurance is essential. For example, if you own more than one car, you don't need to have coverage for a rental car if one of them ends up in the shop. Furthermore, if your car is old enough that an accident would probably mean you'd have to replace it, you shouldn't be carrying collision coverage. At the same time, think before you act because comprehensive coverage also covers things like theft, vandalism, and weather damage. Yeah, good point. Good point right there. And and like with everything uh, in our financial lives, uh, when it comes to auto insurance, do your homework and make thoughtful decisions, right? Exactly, Tony. Exactly. And speaking of homework, our listeners should also consider bundle policies. Mm. If you have auto insurance through one company, homeowners insurance through another, and life insurance through still another company, you should call each of them to discuss bundling. You know, there's a good chance bundling could save you a fair amount of money. In fact, the article uses State Farm as an example and notes that bundling with that company can save as much as 17%. But don't think it's just a State Farm thing. It's very likely your preferred insurance company would be eager to help you come up with a money-saving bundle as well. Yeah, there you go. And bundling also has the advantage of making paperwork easier because you're working with one company rather than two or three. Very true. Very true. Now, next, you should note that safety matters. If you have a couple of black marks on your driving record, you may save anywhere from 10 to 15% by working to improve it. That savings is also often available if you take a defensive driving course or install tracking equipment that alerts your insurance company to dangerous driving conditions like excessive speed, cell phone usage, or sudden braking. 
So I think a lot of people don't realize how much a spotty driving record can impact their insurance premiums and costs. I, I mean, uh, they re it really makes a difference, doesn't it? That's right, Tony. You know, the article also explains that according to Bankrate, the average U.S. car insurance premium is about $1,674. But that premium can jump $355 for a speeding ticket. It could jump $731 for an accident or even $187 for a lapse in coverage. And $1,662 if you're convicted of impaired driving. Oh, Again, wow. it pays to drive safely, Tony. You know, and another way to potentially save money on auto insurance is also to improve your credit. You know, insurers look at how you manage your credit to gain a sense of how risky you are to insure. The best rates typically go, typically go to those with credit scores above sub 100. So pay those bills on time and make sure you're staying on top of your credit report. Yeah. So what kind of role does the vehicle you drive play in all this? Oh my gosh, quite a bit actually, Tony. If you're in the market for some new wheels, make sure you first reach out to your insurance agent to see what it would do to your monthly premium. Insurance companies analyze data about every make and model out there. And don't presume that a brand new car means lower premiums. Because of the increasingly complex computer systems and modern cars, they can sometimes cost more to insure because of higher repair expenses. And here's another nugget. Windshields are getting more and more expensive because they often must be designed to work in harmony with several different pieces of electronics in the car. So make sure you keep full glass coverage. Yeah. Well, this has been a good show, but we're almost out of time. Albert, is there anything else you want to add before we go? You know, if you have any questions about your financial strategy, folks, I encourage you, just visit my website, www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com, or call my office, 586-752-7008, and discuss how my team might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns. Remember, it's our goal to help you prepare for retirement you've worked so hard for. All right. Thanks, Albert. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Own Your Retirement with our host, Albert Lalonde. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to Own Your Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Albert Lalonde at Kaizen Financial Group. Call 586-752-7008 or visit them online at kaizenfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Kaizen Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Michigan. Insurance products and services are offered through Kaizen Financial Group LLC, an affiliated company. Albert Lalonde and Kaizen Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.